It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 28th, 2018. My name is Phil Prossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Have to be with you here on a Tuesday, a special Tuesday. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Um, a special Tuesday, of course. Uh, this will uh, I, I mentioned it a little bit yesterday in a more serious tone. I'll say it again in a less serious tone, but still a serious matter. Today is primary day in the state of Florida. Even if you're not registered as a Republican or a Democrat or to any party whatsoever, there are still important things on the ballot. And so today on this primary day in the state of Florida, wherever you are, if it is that time of the year, I encourage you to go out and vote today. Uh, I know politics are really nasty today, but I would have this message for you, no matter what the political climate is, Voting is a special gift, is a special right, it is a special privilege that we have in this country. Do not ever take it for granted. And so um, I always tell people who are like, I don't want to register for Republican or Democrat, I'd say, no, register for party, don't give up that vote. You have a voice by your you know, pen bubbling in the Scantron thing. There are a lot of important races going on in the state of Florida, of course, that I think do reserve, do require special attention. I encourage you to go do some research, read the news, um, go to the candidates' websites. We've got uh, the Florida gubernatorial races going on, both the Republicans and the Democrats. Um, there are House races going on. There are um, the uh, Attorney General for the state is also this is probably the second most powerful person in the state. Um, for both parties, also has is up for uh, up for office. Uh, the Orange County Mayor. Uh, the second or most powerful person in in the county, in the city of Orlando. Um, there is a, a nonpartisan primary going on this uh, this day as well. Um, likely going to go to a runoff, but don't ever take that for granted. So if you live in the state of Florida, if you are registered to vote, go out and vote today if you've already voted already. Enjoy a hamburger. That's what I like to do after I vote. I try to find the greasiest hamburger I can find because nothing makes me feel more American than voting and eating a hamburger. Um, but on top... but. If you're not registered to vote, 
Be sure to get registered for the midterms in November. Um, it, you know, I don't care what party you are. I, I, I kind of do because there, there, there's a lot, of, lot of stuff going on. But without getting too political, um, voting is important. I always take this time around this time of year to encourage, encourage you to go to the polls. Go let your voice be heard. Go cast a ballot. It is the most basic thing that you can do. It is. I think it's 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 a responsibility of citizenship in this country. Um, and, and of course, if you choose not to vote, no, uh, that's, that's perfectly your right too. But, uh, I would always encourage people to go vote no matter who it is. It doesn't matter who you vote for, just go vote. So happy primary day here in the state of Florida. On today's episode of Lockdown Magic, we're going to talk about a couple players that we have not talked a lot about on this show. Guys that are kind of at the end of the bench, guys that we kind of don't know a whole lot about, but deserve some mention and some discussion. We'll talk about Melvin Frazier and Isaiah Briscoe. Let's start then today with a discussion of Melvin Frazier. Um, haven't really thought too much. Uh, finding a place for him in this lineup, I think, is still really difficult. Um, this, is, this is a team that's loaded at the guard position. Uh, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Simmons are going to take up, I think, a lot of the bench minutes. You'll have um, Evan Fournier obviously starting. Um, they're, they're, you know, th- those three guys are going to take up a lot of the minutes at the two and the three. Jonathan Isaac will play some minutes at three. Um, Melvin Frazier and Wessel Wendu are going to be battling for as many minutes as they can find. Uh, they're they're definitely not going to um, they're they're definitely going to be playing really hard against each other. They're going to be good good assets and practices, just strong strong willed defenders. Um, but I think a lot of us saw that yeah, Frazier's very similar player to Wessel Wendu. Orlando obviously drafted Melvin Frazier um, partially for his physical attributes. Um, there's no getting around it. He is. I think he was and was the uh, had the second longest wingspan among among guards at the NBA Draft Combine. This is a guy that has the physical profile and the physical tools that clearly John Hammond and Jeff Weltman like. The other parts of his game still have to come around, and and he showed some signs that he could do that in his last year at Tulane. But going back to when the Magic drafted him, and and really thinking about it when you watched him play at summer league. Melvin Frazier does one thing really, really well that I think will bode well for him and his opportunity to make the NBA, to, to stick stick around in this league. This is a guy who, who truly appreciates and, and truly cares about the defensive end. This is a guy who really until last season at Tulane, his last year at Tulane, this is a guy who didn't really care about playing offense. I, I would, honestly, if you watch him play um, and kind of look at his statistical profile, he feels like the guard version of Bo Outlaw, someone who just did all the dirty work, you know, just kind of grinded on, grinded defensively, and the offensive part of his game didn't matter. In fact, I think I read read that that Frazier never even really thought of the NBA until Mike Dunleavy came around his junior year and, and, and encouraged him to expand his offensive game. And so, in that sense, that there is a lot of untapped potential, and obviously. Frazier still has a long way to go offensively. He struggled a lot offensively in summer league, was a little wild going after drives, but you could see what his length could do defensively. I mean, when, when the Magic had their best summer league lineups out there, they were terrors on defense. They were just absolute, um, a difficult team to score against. You could just see what their length was doing to teams. Um, you know, I, I think I, I noted this observationally, that even when... Uh, a, a player drove in and kicked out. They had to angle their passes or float their passes over these long arms, and it gave the Magic chances to recover. It, it still disrupted 
the rhythm of their offense. And I know it's summer league, so let's not read too much into it. But Frazier was a big part of that. He had a lot of really nice plays on the defensive end that really give you signs of encouragement. To me, the biggest sign of encouragement is that he loves defense. That defense is what defines him. And yes, eventually Orlando's going to need scores. Yes, Orlando's eventually going to need shooters or this whole thing's not going to work. Young players, especially, it's difficult to teach him to play defense. It's difficult to find guys who just have this inner attribute, this inner skill, this inner uh, desire to play defense, especially at a very high level. That's just something you don't see very often in the NBA these days. I, I hate to say it. That's just It's just not something that you see very often. Um, it's not something that you see very often from young players, especially. If you find a player who is really good defensively, you hope you can bring the offense along. Now, whether you can actually develop offense, whether a guy who shot less than 30% uh, from three can be become a better three-point shooter, especially going from the college line to the NBA line, that's debatable. And and Frazier shot less than 30% his first two years, really spiked it up his junior year um, when he became a lot more of an offensive option. Um, It's definitely interesting to see what he can do. Now, Frazier's got a role to play on this team. He he is a defender. That is definitely something that he's going to do. But making three-point shots is going to be what determines whether he makes it in this league or not whether he can actually spread the floor. Um, I was impressed during Summer League with Frazier's ability to drive in a straight line. He, he was pretty solid um, on the ball as long as you didn't make him turn. When, when you forced him into one-on-one situations where he had to had to make a dribble move or, or get past a guy off the bounce, that's not really his forte. And, and the jumper still got a long way to go with him. Um, the question is, again, how patient will the Magic be? And, and can he provide value defensively without making jump shots, without making jumpers consistently? Like I said, I don't anticipate Frazier being a mainstay of the rotation. Wesley Wundu's got the same problem, but he's got a little bit more experience. I, I think I trust him a little bit more offensively. Um, Frazier, I think, might be a better defensive player, but Wundu's not bad defensively either, so it's, it's a good pick him to have. It wouldn't surprise me if Frazier spends a good chunk of the year in Lakeland this year. And Lakeland Magic schedule just came out today. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Frazier does get a lot of time with the Lakeland Magic this year to kind of hone that craft, to really work on his shooting, get game reps that he may not be getting with the big team. So long as Ross, Simmons, Fournier, Isaac are healthy, so long as a one dude's healthy in front of him, it's going to be tough to find minutes for him. It's going to be really tough to find minutes. And 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 so even if Frazier is that great defensive player, which I, which I think he can be, and I think he 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 said it that he he loves playing defense. Again, that's that's such that's such a rare thing to find in young players. If he can, if even with that, he's got to add that offensive part of his game to get there. Defense will be what keeps Frazier in the league, though. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Frazier is going to be. Come, come back from Lakeland suddenly this offensive juggernaut. I don't think he'll enter training camp as this offensive juggernaut like he like he seemed to be in Tulane where you know he was able to score, but was he effective? Was he efficient? Obviously not enough to get drafted in the first round. He's a guy that the Magic picked in the second round. But defense is his calling card. Defense is what makes him go. It is what makes him tick. And I think that is a really big thing for the Magic. I think that's a really big thing for the team moving forward and a really big thing for Frazier trying to get into this league. He's got an NBA-ready skill, or what appears to be an NBA-ready skill. And of course, that helps tremendously. You want to build up NBA skills. You want to build up things that you can do at this elite NBA level. And I think Frazier 
has that, and that's what has you so excited about him, that he does seem to have this this innate defensive yearning. Uh, it's really a yearning to, to play defense at a pretty high level, I would say. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The other guy I wanted to talk about today uh, was Isaiah Briscoe. Um, Magic kind of signed him out of the blue. It was, it was a really really odd signing. Uh, he, he was at a mini camp for, for foreign prospects, uh, for players who were overseas uh, before Summer League. The Magic signed him to the Summer League uh, team. He went through a couple practices with them, and before Summer League started, Isaiah Briscoe was under contract. This is a guy who who came to Kentucky with a lot of accolades, but really struggled to find his fit in the Kentucky ecosystem. And that is a difficult ecosystem to find your fit in if you're not the super elite players, because they just keep on bringing super elite players. And if you're not NBA ready, if you're not ready to compete with those guys, you get left behind, even though Kentucky likes having those role players to supplement those those young guys, those those young stars, um, to, to kind of get them wins and, and get them further down in the tournament. But they go as far as their freshman stars take them. Briscoe ended up not being that guy. I think they thought he would be that guy. He ended up not being that guy. He ended up trying to make the NBA, didn't really get very far in that process, and ended up in Estonia, of all places, last year, playing in the Russian League. That's not a great, I mean, unless you're playing for Cheska Moscow, uh, that's not a great league to be in. That's that's not a, a really competitive league to be in. And and so Briscoe was kind of working in obscurity. Um, this is a guy who really struggled to shoot in his college days, really struggled to, to get things going um, in that in that realm. Wasn't really a true point guard even. He was more of a two guard at Kentucky. But he went to Estonia, was an all-star there, was a league MVP there up to scoring average of 27 points per game and obviously did enough to intrigue the Magic Brass to bring him in for a full contract. Now, Magic fans didn't get to see a lot of him because he had the the injury that knocked him out of Summer League after a game and a half. Looked okay, looked pretty good actually in that first game. Uh, and certainly you could see, okay, maybe there is something there, but the Magic didn't really get to see a lot of him in Summer League. They shut him down pretty quickly. That's fine. The Magic obviously saw enough of, enough in him to believe in him to that point. So what did the Magic maybe see? Briscoe, I would say, his number one offensive skill is he's really good at getting into the lane and getting into the basket, I think, or getting toward the basket. I think he's a good driver. Um, the issue with him, and, and this is where I think the question marks about whether he can play point guard at the NBA level come, is whether he's a good enough passer. It seemed like to me in the, in the little bit that I saw from him during Summer League that he's really good at getting to the basket to score for himself, but not quite there yet as far as getting to the basket to 
dish out to others, to, to draw the defense in and bait them to leave an open man. That's going to be a part of his game he's going to have to develop. The other part of his game he has to continue to develop is his three-point shot. It's much improved from his time at Kentucky, but not quite, I think, at the NBA level. But really what I think the Magic like about Briscoe is, yeah, his length. It's not so much his length, honestly. It's more his versatility. Uh, This is a guy who can play both guard positions, who seems like he's comfortable enough on the ball that he can run the point. Um, But he's also good off the ball, um, where he can play shooting guard. He's, he's kind of a, a almost a taller version of DJ Augustin in that way. Uh, will Briscoe get playing time? Will Briscoe see a lot of playing time? Nothing would surprise me. The point guard position for the Magic is so up in the air. Um, Augustin and Grant seem to be going to be battling out for starters minutes for most of the year, but it wouldn't surprise me if Briscoe steals some minutes from Grant, if Grant struggles a little bit and Briscoe's playing well. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if you know maybe Augustin gets traded at the deadline, and now Orlando's going to roll with Grant, Briscoe, and and Troy Copain off the G League roster for a little while. Nothing would surprise me. I think there will be moments in the season where Briscoe does play a lot because he does fit that profile that the Magic are looking for a little bit better. And it's that versatility. It's that ability to, to kind of plug and play wherever you need him that I think is going to be really valuable for the Magic. The shot has to come. That is absolutely 100% something that has to, has to happen for him. It's something that he has improved on, which I think is something to be optimistic about. Same thing with Melvin Frazier. Frazier didn't look like a great shooter at, at Summer League, but we've seen his shot take some pretty big leaps. And, and I think it's fair to say that these are all young guys. They have time to develop and grow their games. When they come out of college, when they come into the NBA, they're not finished products. Now, Briscoe and Frazier are maybe a little bit older than the freshmen you usually see coming into the league, but they're both uh, certainly capable players. Um, certainly, guys that that can still have a little, that still have plenty of room to grow as they begin their basketball careers. Briscoe's a really intriguing player that that we just frankly don't know very much about. We we see the physical tools. We saw um, how he looked on the floor. Um, he is, I think, a better defender than 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 he was at Kentucky for sure. Um, that could be something that helps him stay on the floor, get on the floor a little bit for the Magic. Um, where Frazier, I think, has the NBA skill as a defender to get on the floor. Briscoe's going to have to find that. He's going to have to really prove himself throughout training camp and, and throughout practices to get his consistent minutes to get on the floor. That's definitely going to be a big thing to watch with him. But these are both guys that I think the Magic are personally very, very excited about. I think that these are guys that um, that that have an opportunity to make this roster and play some meaningful minutes, even with the guys in front of them. Um, certainly when there's injuries, these are guys that the Magic are going to have to rely on. And, and I think that they have the potential to be reliable players. They're still rough around the edges. They still need some work. They still need some growth. Um, but they're definitely guys that that the Magic could very well invest in and, and give this big opportunity to. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. 
See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. The last guy, of course, you want to talk about is Brian Angel- Angela. Um, you know, of course, you've got the two G, the two two-way guys, and Troy Copain and Emil Jefferson. Um, I think with Copain, we kind of know what he's about. Good, good little, good floor general. Um, kind of a good game manager. Good at getting getting his own shot and scoring. Uh, has to improve his three-point shot as well. Probably needs some development as a passer. Really thrived at Lakeland last year. A guy that I thought the Magic were going to call up late last year. I was happy to see the Magic bring him back on a two-way contract. He'll play most of the year in Lakeland. Would like to see him maybe come up as a third point guard toward the end of the season next year. Um, see where he's where he's at. But you saw during summer league just how well he can manage a team, manage a game. Um, that's a good sign. Emil Jefferson, of course, um, just a double double machine at the G League level. He's probably just right on the borderline of a guy who should be getting NBA minutes and a guy or a guy who, who's just an all star at the G League. He's he's definitely better than the G League level. Um, but just kind of knocking on the door in the NBA, waiting for the right opportunity. I, I can't say that the Magic are the right opportunity. Maybe the Magic signed him as insurance at the power forward position in case Jarrell Martin doesn't work out. Um, they got Kem Birch kind of for that. It, 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 the center position for the Magic just feels so jumbled. There are so many centers, guys who should be playing center. Um, some of them are going to get shoehorned into power forward. Uh, I, Emil Jefferson honestly might be one of them. He might be better as a center in, in this league. Um, but it's... It, it, he's a really good G League player. He should get his opportunity somewhere, and hopefully the Magic can can find some time for him at some point in the season so he can get that opportunity. The other guy to watch um, during training camp, at least, he's probably not going to sign with the team beyond that, is Brian Angela. Uh, he, a uh, Florida State alum, good shooter, a uh, guy who really, I thought, played well in summer league, did a good job getting his, shot, getting his shots um, and playing defense. Didn't shoot the ball well, but I think the Magic know that that he has that shot. That 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 that's just a small sample and not representative of what he can do. Some of that being the lineup that he played with. Um, it, reportedly, the Orlando Magic signed him to an Exhibit Ten contract, which means he's on the team for now, or he's kind of a preferred option team option player. He'll be on the training camp roster. He'll get a little bit extra money, and then they'll cut him and send him to late and and option him to Lakeland. He'll play for the Lakeland Magic next year, which I think will be will, will be good for him as he continues to develop. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening. Listening, you can of course find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find find uh, me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a surprising stat I found about the Magic's defense from the end of last season, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and of course follow us on Twitter at O. Magic Daily. This week is Fan Week. Be sure to submit your uh, suggestions for things that we should talk about here on the show. This one was not suggested, um, so definitely send some suggestions. Um, I'm going to talk maybe a little bit about the 2009 NBA Finals. I rewatched Game 4 of that series, got into some heated debates about the Jameer Nelson thing. I'm not convinced that it was Jameer Nelson's fault. I think uh, having watched that game for the first time and watching the broadcast of that game for the first time, um, I think I, I, I'll, I'll get into my thoughts on, on that play, I guess, on the next episode of Locked On Magic. But I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of the 2009 NBA Finals run. So definitely still some things to dissect and some wounds and some and some scabs to scratch and, and let bleed over uh, here on, on this uh, anniversary of that amazing run. But until then, I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.